Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. up everybody happy father's day to all the dads come on if you're a dad in the room or if you're a dad at home will you just stand up come on come on stand up i know dads come on give it up for the dads give it up for the dads at home shout out to you all shout out to you all hey how cool have you heard of this thing called dad jokes This is when I realized, not only I was a dad, but that I wasn't the young dude anymore. And they were like, I look at the young dudes, they're like, dad joke, dad joke, everything I'm saying, dad joke. Well, dad jokes are awesome, and here's a few of them. What's brown and sticky? A stick, exactly. Why are elevator jokes so classic and good? They work on so many levels. Did you read my notes? I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they are go golfing? In case they get a hole in one. You're right. How do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the Fresh Prince. <laughs> what did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing, it just waved. (laughs) How does the moon cut his hair? Eclipse it. (laughs) Why do you call a poor, or what do you call a poor Santa Claus? Saint Nicholas. And lastly, I don't trust those trees. They seem kind of shady. Now, whether Father's Day is um, one that is celebratory for you or whether it is hard, maybe your dad's not here, maybe your dad was never here, maybe you know your dad, but it, it, was not the, it is or it wasn't the most favorable experience, I pray today that we honor fathers and honor the spirit of fatherhood But we're going to look to the greatest example of fathering this planet has ever seen. And it's God the Father. And he's fathering all the time. Today's title, The Futuristic Father. How do we make an impact that will exceed our lifetime? Well, let's look to God the Father. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 18, it said this. This is what the prophecy of, of heaven's best coming to us looks like. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. What a powerful truth. That God the Almighty would call those in Jesus Christ sons 
and daughters. This is what the prophets of old from Isaiah and Ezekiel, uh, the writings to point to us that in Jesus, we could cry out, Abba, reverent yet intimate, respectful yet kind of just unashamedly, without timid or reservation, just come here. That's my boy. That's my daughter. That's what God says about you. The heart of the father is shown so beautifully in Luke 15. The story of the prodigal son. It's probably better named as the perfect father. The futuristic father's heart is right here. Let's read it together. You don't have to read it out loud, but you can read it on the screen. He also said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the shares of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. Okay, so this son takes the money, which is so disrespectful because his father's still alive. You don't get the inheritance until the father transitions into eternity. And here he is saying, hey, no, 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 no. Hey, I, I want what's, what's coming to me anyways. I want to take it. And then he starts to squander it on foolish living. As we're sons, we can disrespect our parents in such a uh, atrocious way. This story is setting together uh, just a, a, a scandalous situation of love. Let's continue. Verse 14. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up and I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I love that picture because anytime we make a mistake, we've always sinned against heaven but we also have sinned against relationships in our life. And there's a reverence when we come to the end of ourselves where it's like, oh, man, I am so sorry, God, but I'm also so sorry, person. And here he's coming to that place. He's like recognizing, verse 19, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and he went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, The father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran. He threw his arms around his neck and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Pause right there. Wow. You know when you make a mistake in You feel the gravity of it, and you're so overwhelmed by shame that you can barely even look up. 
you're like, I'm just not even worthy to be here. I'm so ashamed. This is the nature of sin, is to feel shame, is to want to hide. That the regret becomes so strong that there's just no way I could ever be repaired. And, and, and if you just take me in, maybe I could just work again. But I know I won't be restored to what I was before. Well, that makes logical sense, but that's not like God the Father. It continues. Verse 22, but here's what the Father says. The Father told the servants, quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then bring in the fatted calf and slaughter it, and let's celebrate with the feast because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Ah, the party's being thrown for the son that came back home. The son comes in and the father says, I'm going to give my best. This is exactly what God is willing to do every day for any of his kids that would just kind of turn and say, God, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, party, party, me? I'm so unworthy. Wait, what, what? You, have you ever, do you ever feel comfortable, uncomfortable if someone throws a party for you? <laughs> I totally don't like it. They threw a 40th surprise party for me last year. I felt so uncomfortable. I was like praying in tongues the whole time in my head. I was like, I hope this passes, hope this passes, hope this passes, hope this passes. When will this end? When will this end? When will this end? This is over. Everybody's staring at me. Everybody's staring at me. Everybody's staring at me. But like right now, everybody's staring at me. But something about the party where it's just like, I know right now it's really not about me. It's about empowering you from heaven, you know? Everyone's just staring. They're staring at me. This is crazy. This is crazy. When are we going to eat? Can we go? Can I go? Can I hide in a corner? Can I go make a beat? When is this going to end? When is this going to end? And, and what God the Father does is, is he throws a whole party. He throws a whole party for us every time when we just come back home. Without any shame. We won't have any of those feelings where all of the heaven's loudspeakers are shouting your name. Your name. No way. Why? Because when we come home in Jesus, this is how the Father operates. It's not the Son. It's the Father. The Father's the good one. Look at verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. You would think, okay, here's the brother. His other brother came home. Most surely he wants to come party. But you're going to see. That righteousness, self-righteousness can, 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 can take root in the form of sin as well. I don't want to see my brother. He's made a bunch of mistakes. I don't want to see him. That's what is about to take place. Check this out. And he came near the house, and he hears music, and he hears dancing. And then, so he summoned one of his servants, and he questioned them. What is this meant? What is going on? Your brother is here. <laughs> He told them, you imagine, probably, probably excited from the, 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 the energy of the party and telling them, and your father slaughtered the fatted calf. I mean, they're eating good because he has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and he didn't want to go in. Have you ever held it down and everybody else has let you down and then they want to come share in the reward too? Siblings in the room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You clean a little longer than the other person. You were in the kitchen a little more. Either you were mommy or daddy's favorite. And there's this discord that's going on. Instead of recognizing, hey, I have a role 
and God made me a specific way. And the father's about to say, and everything I've had was always yours. So his father came out. Look at the father. The father comes out and he pleads with him. The heart of the perfect father. But he replied to his father, look, I've been slaving many years for you and I've never disobeyed your orders. I can empathize with him big time. If he's never disobeyed his orders, he should get to decide if he wants to party or not. And yet you never gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. Tune in next week to find out how the father responds. <laughs> you know, doesn't it feel like that? There's drama on high. But when this son of yours came, you have, uh, who had devoured your, your assets with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fatted calf for him? Because kind of like the story picked up from last week, and you get to see the intro. And here's what the father says. Son, he said to him, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. The father is the hero of the story. And what this story is ultimately trying to illustrate is it's obvious to see the younger brother's sin. He's taken all the money, embarrassing the family name. I mean, he, he's living it up. He probably got busted on a few photos for, you know, doing some drugs late night, having crazy women come into place, and then finally here he is, just working in the lowest tier. He's just hoping he can have the same food that the pigs are eating. And he finally sucks up his pride. He comes back home. I'm ashamed. And he says, I'm sorry. Next thing you know, he's in a party. It's obvious to see the younger son's mistakes. But then the older son, the older brother, righteous, I've done everything, but missing the whole point. You're right. You did everything right. But you got to be with the father the whole time. You weren't dead but you really were just as dead. Because if you didn't understand that it's the Father's love that makes you who you are. And so the whole point of Luke 15 is that God celebrates lost things. And in fact, with the lost sheep, he goes and finds the one through the shepherd. Lost coin is celebrated, but the, the son, you see the father stay home and is just staring from a distance compassionately and then runs to him. And so today, I want us to see a glimpse that whether your sin is like the younger son or the older son doesn't matter because the father wants to celebrate and always bring us home. That's what a futuristic father looks like. We have an ultimate father that is so perfect, so perfect, so perfect. What's your mistake? Think of it. Just think, what's your mistakes? What, what would be the thing you don't want talked about? What would be the one thing you don't want corrected? And just picture God the Father erasing that and saying, it's okay, I love you. Man, that is famous. That is, I mean, that is famous what God is, who he is, the nature of who he is. Speaking of famous, what are some famous dads that you can think of that have done a good job parenting? 
Like, what are some famous, first famous dads that come to mind? Who we got? Who? Uncle Phil. Yeah, Uncle Phil, famous dad. Yeah, Uncle Phil. Who else we got? Kobe? Yeah, he's a famous dad. In his kid's life, right? Who else we got? Right, we're, hurting, we're hurting for famous dads as a society, or we're hurting for a, a little bit of, uh, we got a little bit of insecurity. We can speak out, you know? One of the two. What, what else we got? Uh, Duck Dynasty guy? Yeah, Phil, he's, in, he's in this kid's life, right? He cares about him. Who? LeBron James. LeBron James, you better believe it. Bob Saget. That was one I never thought I'd hear about. That is awesome. Gabe, how old are you? How old are you? 16, man. That dude's an old soul. I don't even know if everyone knows who Bob Saget is. What's he from, Full House? My goodness. My goodness. Throwback. Come on, a couple more. Who? Lincoln? Was he a dad? I don't know my history well enough. Andy Griffin? Whoa. 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 Well, well. We got a shout out from a famous dad today because I, I, told, I told a special someone that uh, I said, hey, City Life has the best dads I've ever seen. The greatest dads on the planet are in Lansing, Michigan, right? And so check this out. We got a little shout out to the dads. City Life Lansing, what's going down? It's the big baller, baby. That's right, my man Jerome told me it's going down out there in Lansing, Michigan, where the greatest fathers of all time are at. That's what I'm talking about. Triple B status apparatus. Big baller brand is in the building, and you know how we do this. That's right, Jerome. Let everybody know it's going down in Lansing, Michigan. That's right. The fathers of the fathers of the fathers is doing what they do. Triple B style, man. But hey, happy Father's Day to all, man. Y'all have a great time out there. And the big ball is out, baby. And I holla. <laughs> hey, shout out to LeVar Ball. We hired him, little cameo. He loves City Life. And there you go. Now indirectly, hey, how about that, eh? He's been a very famous dad. Uh, it takes a lot of heat and maybe criticism, but he's been a dad that is there defending and fighting for his kids and sticking up for his kids, so much so that he believes his kids can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. He believes he can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. And you know what? Isn't that how you want your dad to talk, though? That's my boy. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's how God the Father always talks for you. That's my boy. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's what he says. A few points to illustrate today because we want to live a futuristic father life. The futuristic father is fathered by God. By God. Hey, we love our dads, but our dads are going to let us down. But our Heavenly Father never will. That means we have to be fathered by God even when, oh, this one's going to hurt, this one's going to hurt, even when he disciplines us. Oh, I don't want it that way. No. The Lord disciplines the ones he loves. We receive the identity. Luke 15, 31, if the older brother would have realized to be, he was fathered by God the whole time, look at what God said to him, son. He said to him, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. You're always with me. What a great honor we have in Christ to always be fathered by God. Oh, fathered 
by God. Secondly, the futuristic father has the heart, not just to be fathered by God, but has the heart of the father. To say, hey, God, I've spent so much time with you. Not only do I know you and I know how you're loving me, I now am getting your heart. One of the greatest honors I've ever had on this planet is being a dad. I'm so thankful. Shout out to Crystal. I've got five kids. And I've learned more about God and the heart of God by fathering. And the more time I spend with God, ultimately, though, his heart far exceeds anything I can do. And so I look to him for his example, and I, 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 I let the kids down sometimes, and I got to say, I'm sorry and all that, you know? And the heart of the Father, if we have the heart of the Father, I mean, that's verse 32. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and he was found. Church, I want to speak to us for a second. I'm not sure we are so excited in people being found. Let me explain. If we really cared most about grace and forgiveness and those that are lost that can be made brand new in Christ, why are we fighting for whatever cause that we believe in over whatever souls that can come back home? And a lot of times we're disqualifying people left and right. We're like, oh, you want to come to Jesus? Well, I got to know X, Y, Z. I got to know what happened, who you voted for, what's going on, what you stand for. Instead of just saying, man, I want the heart of the Father. The Father wants to celebrate you. Come here. Come here. And I think one of the greatest tragedies that can happen is this, is that we become good people and we forget the good news. Because there's only one name that will save mankind. And the more we recognize the heart of the Father, we will understand that we've stood for a lot of dumb things. Let's not let anything get in the way of God's heart. Number three, the futuristic father not only has the heart but then begins to take action and leads like the father. Talk is cheap, gentlemen. Talk is cheap. That's what a father told me in sixth grade. My sixth grade football coach still rings true in my ear. Faith without action's dead. Hey, you got big heart. But where's the works? We start to lead our children. In such a way, Ephesians 6 shows us, um, and this is the heart of every Christian, but especially parents and, uh, and, and fathers, look, lean into this right now. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. And all the parents said, amen. Obey me. Go to bed. That was last night. Go to bed. But I did give them a live by chocolate uh, ice cream at 1040. I just felt like it felt right. It was a wave. It was a vibe for the night. But then trying to get them to go to bed, that's a lot of sugar, which is also known as death by chocolate, quality dairy. Shout out to, you know, Lansing's legend and, and locals, quality dairy. Personally, I believe words have power. I'm not trying to die by chocolate. You can call it whatever you want. Call me over-spiritual. It's just a lie by chocolate in our house because it does good things. It's like, it, it, you know, it's medicine for us. It, it's beautiful. And they're eating that late at night trying to go to bed. I'm like, obey me. I said, obey me. I, you know, I'm just like, it's so hard to fall asleep. I'm like, and then I bring in the oldest. I say, just go tell them. Dad said, go to bed. And then they, they're like laughing. Ha ha. And I, I, then I open up the door. This is a true story. This is last night. I open up the door and one of the twins is hanging off the bunk bed. I'm like, go to bed. 
don't, you know. And Crystal had to sleep with them just because I knew I had a babe. I was like, I got to get up and preach, man. I get to, right? I got to words of meaning. Uh, uh. So all the church said amen, parents in the room. You know, do the right thing. But look, at, and then we could even say, well, honor your father and mother, which is first commandment with the promise. Like, you want that promise. But here's where it gets really challenging. So that it may go well with you in the long-lifting land. But look, fathers, here we go. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Not only is there a responsibility on our children, but there's a responsibility on the parents. Am I provoking anger? Did I do a good job of leading? And let's be honest, rewind the story. 1040, ice cream. No bedtime stories. Get in bed now. Now, go to bed. No, that wasn't good leadership. Of course I'm going to get the results. Why am I getting angry? I'm provoking them. Look at this. The father, though, is telling us, why don't we train in the instruction of the Lord? This is why church matters. Gathering matters. The Bible still matters. You know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be weird and say, yeah, we believe the text. We believe it. We believe what we read and we want to live it. It's all good. Amen. Number four, the futuristic father recognizes the best investment will outlive them. Dads, everyone, I want to challenge us that the greatest investment we can ever leave is in our kids and generations we'll never see. Wow. What if this thought consumed our schools and businesses and churches? And, and I think it's prevalent in a lot of those settings. But the intentionality of the whole community to say, hey, it's about the kids. It's about the kids. If we want to be a futuristic father that I think heaven celebrates and to really have the heart of the father, we have to recognize the best investment will outlive us. And next week, we're going to have, um, I'm going to call the worship team up front. Next week, we're going to have a, uh, a special sacred time together. We're going to announce our first minister and training graduate, Modesto Martinez as our little and kids minister who moved up here from Tampa and became an intern and has the heart of a father and lost his father, and you'll hear about that. But as a church, we're going to rally be, be around to say that this, this is so fundamental and core to us that we have to believe that our best investment is not taking place right here, right now. Friend, it's taking place back in Kid City. It just is. And we got to do everything possible to, to believe that, whether we have kids or not, and also fund that. Because it matters. Tutoring matters. Listening matters. Showing up in kids' lives. and All that matters. And as a church, we're going to stand for that. Number five, and this is a, uh, this is the, just the last one we're going to leave today. And I think God's going to do a little bit of therapy in us 
The futuristic father says sorry. It is hard to look at my kids in the face sometimes and just say, man, I missed it. I missed it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I sense the Holy Spirit reminding us today and reminding everybody at home that maybe you never heard your dad say, I'm sorry. Maybe he was never there and you didn't even understand that it haunted him. And he, and he wished he could figure it out. And maybe he dealt with addiction and or he never had a dad. And in one of our pre-launch videos, we say, we believe there's a father, there's a dad that never had a dad, and he can come back home and he can man up, rewind that. We believe there's a dad that never had a dad, that he can come back home and man up, rewind that. And the heartbeat of that, what that verse is, kind of the spoken word, if you will, is that we believe heaven's so good and the forgiveness and the reset button that God the Father can even say, hey, I'm sorry, I know your dad struggled. Or I know you've been dealing with X, Y, Z. But I love you and I celebrate you and everything I have is always yours. Now, hey, my dad's watching this and shout out to my dad and uh, Don V. And... But me and my dad throughout our life, we don't always see eye to eye. And that's okay. And my dad's great. Like, love him. There was a time when he was a stay-at-home dad when I, before the family got divorced and taught me how to throw a ball and all that stuff. And we throw, throw a ball pretty good. And, but one thing God showed me, and my dad, uh, his dad died young, and uh, he misses him and probably wished he could have more conversations. And he said something like that along the way uh, the other day. And one thing I noticed was over time, God started teaching me, hey, my dad is just like me. He's trying to be the best he can. And what the father showed me was this, that God the father is sunny. I'm his son. I'm my dad's son too. But when I recognize that my father in heaven is perfect, that I'm able to serve and submit to my dad better. But when I hold my dad to a standard that no one can live up to, because I can't force any expectation on him and he can't, right? But when I look, not in an unhealthy way, but when I look past him and I look to God the Father, I'm able to see, well, dang, this, this is awesome. We're both being fathered by our father. And I pray today that maybe you need to look past or maybe you need to honor, or maybe you need to submit, but it's all ultimately found by being fathered by God the Father. I really believe that. And when you're a son or a daughter, then you can serve and submit in a way that is more beautiful. Maybe you're filled with mistakes or regret in this moment. I, I pray that there's a, a mercy and a reset button. Maybe you, you, you just wish you could say, I love you again, or you just wish he was there and you could pick up the phone and whatever it is, I believe in this moment that as we lift up God the Father, we will praise the name of Jesus. That on this Father's Day, we have a futuristic Father that's gonna last forever. Like, if, if heaven is like this, that you won't even marry in heaven, that it'll just be so beautiful that you won't even be thinking about those kind of things. You won't even be thinking about the gap or the greatness of the relationship of a parent 
on this planet. We'll be so consumed with the thought that the Father is beautiful. And we are going to be worshiping around the throne, man. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Like we're going to praise the name of Jesus, that great name. And so futuristic fathers, a spirit of fatherhood. And in this place today, in this Father's Day weekend for 2021, we will praise the name of Jesus. We will lift up the name of Jesus. Because ultimately, the wounds of an earthly father cut deep. But the healing of our heavenly father goes deeper. Hear that again. The wounds of an earthly father, they cut deep. But the healing of, an, or of, of our heavenly father goes deeper. Amen? I believe there's therapeutic uh, spirit in the room, which is the Holy Spirit. And let's stand, let's worship, and let's declare, man, the God, the Father, the one in the story, for the younger son and the older brother that is celebrating, inviting us into the celebration that he says when we come back home and when we lift up that great name. Let's sing. We will sing and praise the name of Jesus. That great name. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.